Welcome to Ontario Outdoor Pursuit, your total Ontario hunting podcast. This episode of Ontario Outdoor Pursuit is brought to you in part by Titanium Archery Products. TAP specializes in high-performance bow accessories that are designed to improve bow control and accuracy in addition to reducing vibration and shot noise. TAP manufactures stabilizers, quick disconnects, and string stops, plus much more. Use discount code Ontario Outdoor Pursuit, no capitals, all one word. Check it out at TitaniumArcheryProducts.com for your 15% off purchase. Titanium Archery Products, not just another carbon copy. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 18, Ontario Outdoor Pursuit. It's been a while since I've been able to get down um, back into the podcast room. I've been out west uh, for a little bit of work, unfortunately not doing the fun stuff that we like to talk about. But today we are, uh, we're joined by another special guest, uh, Claude, we have on the line. Uh, Claude, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Oh, gee, where to begin? Um, <laughs> well, I'm an ex-military uh, guy. I pensioned out last April. Uh, I decided to kind of uh, chase my passions, uh, so to speak, and uh, that's the waterfowling side of things. So uh, for a little over three years now, I've been developing my own goose and duck calls, and uh, I've been guiding and stuff for the last, uh, I'd say, 12 years. But hunting uh, waterfowl for over 30, um, and uh, you know that's that's kind of you know that's that's me in a nutshell. I mean, as I live, I live, sleep, and and, and breathe waterfowl. I mean, that's just uh, the thing I love to do. That's the, the my biggest passion. Well, so. def- definitely, uh, like to thank you for the service, of course. Um, what is your waterfowl the calls company? What do you call yourself? Well, I'm known as uh, Lashawn Fields. I've been in business since 2010, and uh, the calls I make, uh, I've got uh, like a duck and a goose call right now, but the name of the company itself is LaShawn's Fields of Stream. But I call the calls LaShawn's Fields of Stream calls, or in an acronym form, it'd be LFTS calls. Okay. Um, you might have seen the hats and stuff over there. I think I might have sent uh, one to, uh, to uh, our buddy we were talking about yep. uh, just offline. Yeah, um, Ray so, from uh, Kickaboo. That's, yeah, yeah. We, we can mention his name, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, well, Ray, yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a subtle yeah, character. <laughs> he won't hear what we talked about at, at, like, before we recorded, don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, not worried, not worried at all. So, uh, how long have you been waterfowl hunting for? Like, uh, like, is this something like an upbringing since a kid, or? Yeah, since I was the age of 16. Once I got my license, um... A uh, buddy of mine from back home, his name's uh, Ray Daybois, a very good friend of mine. He's been a childhood friend of mine ever since I was about 10. And uh, he introduced me to waterfowling through his father. Okay. And uh, it's just, uh, it just took that one time, and I was hooked. A lot of people will say that, you know, when they go out, they do it that one time, and then there's just something about it. Yep. And uh, it's just there's no looking back from there. I've just been fascinated with it ever since. So I'm 46 now, and... Uh, so yeah, that's thirty years wow. of waterfowling. So that's awesome. So I gotta ask you: Was the first waterfowl hunt successful or unsuccessful? It was successful. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that... My hometown is. I'm actually from Sturgeon Falls, Ontario. Okay. Really? Uh, that's where yeah, we uh, yeah. we we go bear hunting there. Uh, my grandpa actually just just got rid of his farm. Um, he was just a little bit west of Nipissing there, but uh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess if you're from the area, you'd know Lafreniere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so right off of there, but that that's funny. That's a small world. <laughs> it is a very small world. 
Well, that's my hometown, and uh, that's where we have last year. Our first hunt was done in uh, Cache Bay. Yep. You must know where that is. Absolutely. Magnificent. Absolutely. Mean, uh, we had American people from all around the world come in there uh, late season, and uh, you get your diver ducks and all your puddle ducks and the odd goose back then. I mean, it wasn't uh, goose hunting was um, it was a hard thing to to accomplish back then. Not a lot of us really knew how to do it, to be honest. And um, right. I mean, I, I ended up figuring out geese uh, on my own. I was like, there's got to be a way to get these guys. You know? There's got to be a way. And uh, I figured out their pattern. And I mean, that first year, I really tried going after them. Uh, it's unheard of. I mean, I ended up getting 126 within the three months that we're, we're, that we're hunting. I mean, it, the geese leave there quite early on, uh, as you probably know. So for, for that, I mean, we were lucky to get one or two geese uh, maybe a year, but I just got hooked into the field hunting, and that's kind of the reason why I named my business uh, Fields to Stream, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, I'm in, in the field all the time, so well, that's, that's, that's uh, where I do most of my hunting. Okay. Uh, most well, of my success is over there in the field, so. Okay. Well, we kind of planned on asking you, you know, obviously there's like flooded fields, there's flooded timbers for ducks, there's cut field hunts, yep. there's pond hunts, like preferably for you, what do you like to do the most? Not for the success rate, but like what you personally like. I mean, I, I, I've always loved goose hunting in the field, but um, I think my, my most favorite thing to do is harvest mallards in the field. Okay. Uh, yeah. and, and right after that, I mean, I'm talking to snow geese. I mean, that's, that's another favorite of mine, but uh, I would say any time you can finish mallards in the field, Right in close to the blind and calling them right in and stuff. That, that to me is a huge accomplishment. Uh, right. Uh, for where we are, I mean, I'm now in Cobden, uh, Ontario. Um, so I mean, it's it's uh, usually a late season thing that, that that takes place in. Yep. And you know, for for that to happen, I mean, we had. I mean, with the way the seasons have been going now, and I'm talking weather, right? With uh, just the way the climate's warming up and stuff like that. Mid December last season, we were hunting in t-shirts where I lay out blinds. I, I kid you not. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. And and there is uh, at least eight hundred to a thousand ballards circling away up there in the sky, and uh, we we limited out between six guys in about twenty minutes that that one day. Oh, that's and then amazing. We went back, and then you know we ended up limiting out more ballards, a few blacks, and uh, we got a limited geese as well between six people. We just had a hoot, and then it was like someone flicked the switch on and that was it they were gone interesting that was it you know that's just the way it goes when it comes to migrating birds but yeah. um, you know just to answer your question you know I, I tend to ramble but uh, I have to say that that's yeah, what we're all about we want to hear it field fight, my number one thing I love <laughs> okay yeah. see we've uh, my group was fortunate enough last year we got six bands which we were pretty happy about for one season it's just three of us so that's really good actually that's yeah really good. Um, and I was lucky enough to take a lysistic mallard last year um, but I, oh, cool. yeah, it was really cool. It's like almost like an albino one, but I've, I've never done the snow goose hunt. That's something I've always kind of looked forward to or looked towards doing. And the fact that you've done it. And... Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say not to cut you off, but we could definitely get you out on that. Well, he had a really good shoot with us that time. I mean, but yeah. that's, that's a, that's another beast in itself. I mean, snow geese are completely different from Canada's and right. stuff, uh, they're like pressured so so much all the way from the states down to where they come to us and then all the way north and then come fall it's the same thing in reverse right and um you know to to harvest uh big mature snow geese like we do again is another accomplishment very rewarding 
very, very rewarding. Well, so, I, I bet. I mean, it'd be great to have you guys out there one time. We'll, we'll, I, we'll take you up on that offer for we'll, sure. I know Ray was, I was discussing with Ray earlier. He was like, it's it's a whole new beast. You know, he's like, I've hunted Canada's, but when you pop that blind and there's like a thousand geese above you, there's nothing like it. I was like, we were both talking. He's like, you got to come up. And I was like, okay. Uh, tens of thousands, not even a thousand, sorry. Way more. Um, yeah. Obviously, I've never seen that with, with me with mallards because there's tons, but like with Canada's, I've never had thousands above us, let alone tens of thousands. Yeah, that's that's a rare thing, and again, it depends on where you are in the world, I suppose. But typically, yeah, you'd see maybe a hundred, two hundred geese at most. I mean, late late season, but most of the time you're working flocks of fifteen, twenty birds, right? Right. But with snow geese, I mean, uh, they they are strength in numbers, and uh, they come in, yeah, usually three hundred uh, plus at a time. Uh, sometimes you do you do depending on weather get three to five in at a time, but that's that's a rare thing. That's uh, they usually come in in big numbers, yeah. and uh, it's very very challenging to get them in close. Well, but like I, I said, when when you get those greater birds, like t- when I say greater snows, I'm talking your big snows. You know, like the very the big ones, the smarter ones. Right. All, it's so, like it's kind of like fishing you know, and like mature deer. Though obviously they got that big for a reason, right? They're not stupid. No, they're not. I mean, and but then again, you know, mixed in with all those adult birds, you know, you still get the juvenile ones. You know, that uh, that, that I guess you could say look up to those older white ones. You know, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, they, they kind of follow their lead. So again, I mean, for them being juvenile, yeah, they are a little tougher as well. So okay, um, a, lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, if I bet. Kind of coming back to your company, you guys do uh, like obviously you do goose calls. I've seen and I've heard your goose calls, which. I'll get into later, but the sound that you are able to produce with that is unbelievable. Um, but that being said, do you guys have any other types of calls, or is it just goose calls? Right now, it's, uh, I've got uh, well because I've been I've been a developer for about three years, so right. my plan uh, once I launched everything uh, last last fall uh, was to to create a prototype uh, one prototype per year. But as it stands right now, I have uh, one style of goose call that I, I do put out and I sell, yep. known as the uh, greater goose call, which is a larger goose. Um, it's a little deeper sounding, and uh, it can do a lot of the, the neat feeding murmurs and stuff like that. Um, and I just wanted something that could pretty much cover all aspects of uh, calling, yep. um, or all facets of calling, I should say. Um, and so that's where I come up with this, this greater goose call. And, uh uh, with the duck call, I, I have one one style as well. Okay. And, uh, it's known as the field mallard call. Um, uh, again, from Lashot Field to Stream, but uh, uh, they're both available. And uh, in the works right now, I have another style of goose call that I'm working with as a prototype. And I've created a lesser goose call, which is a, a higher pitch bird uh, that, that I, I'm not offering right now. But uh, everything is developed and blueprinted and uh, ready for production. So okay. Here we go. Now that duck call is that a? I know this is going to get technical for some people, but is it a single or a double read? It, this this one the, right now is a single, but I can yeah. turn them into doubles. Make a very easy blown call, so yeah. anybody can pick up this the single call and uh, blow it with ease. Yeah. Um, I've had guys that have blown calls for years saying I've never blown a single that that you know it's been that easy to blow. Right. And, and that goes for the goose call too. They're like uh, I've blown a lot of goose calls, and this thing is really easy. You know, it all comes down to the way it created the barrel and uh, uh, the exit hole, basically, on the call. So, right. you know, um, a lot of thought 
more late season geese. Uh, again, uh, Ballard late season, uh, early season. So I know I've got something that works well, and it's, it's comfortable. They're comfortable in the hands and uh, comfortable to take your mouth. And uh, they, they look good. They look good in the lanyard, I find. A lot of, a lot of people are complimenting. So uh, yep. something something's going good, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been fun. Right on. Um, you know, like, I've always, before I heard of you guys, I've always liked the high-end calls. Like, I never liked going to, you know, Crappy Tire and you buy, like, the $20 goose call or I, um, I always went with the zinc calls. That's just what I love. I love yeah. the Nightmare on Stage, Naughty by Nature, um, all those high-end calls. And then, because I never, me personally, I liked the raspy, deep for the goose call. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's somewhat hard to find that in lower-end calls and, you know, the calls that you find on once in a while and some people advertise them but then and i'm really skeptical of buying calls just off packaging so when i was at ray's place he brought out your call and i was like oh this looks cool and i don't mean this disrespectfully but i was like oh okay you know it's it looks like a cool call but i couldn't judge it because i didn't hear the sound right so ray introduced me to the sound of it and he had a recording of yours and it was unbelievable. It was what I was looking for. I gotta say, Claude, it sounds beautiful. And I know you know what you're doing because you have a background in what goose calling should sound like. Right, right. Um, so it's been many years that I, I put into the practicing of it all. But going back to what you're uh, stating about you know buying a twenty dollar call and stuff, uh, you know those are mass produced calls. Nothing against those uh, the, the manufacturers that make those calls or the people that provide those. Yep. But I mean, yeah, it's just for someone to go spend, like you say, $20 and, and get out there and, and hope to get it to work. But I can say, and I, I won't mention the company's name or nothing, but this is going back 25-something years. Um, I got it from Canadian Tire, and, uh, I, you know, it took me two weeks to break a note of a product, right? And, yeah, uh, I, I, think I, I, I think I know what brand you're talking about if you mentioned Canadian Tire, because I think I've had the same situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right, that's right. And, I mean, and, and I, again, I mean, no discredit to that company at all. No. They make a lot of great products and stuff, but, but I mean, that's that's what you get when you buy something for 20 bucks, you know? And, exactly. Uh, it, it's just a matter of getting it out the door and, and you know, selling it uh, inexpensively to consumers, and, uh, and and that's fine. And a lot of people do get by well on them, uh, but, um, I mean, for me, I, I crave something a little better, and so years after I decided, you know, after trying all the high-end different calls and stuff over there, and I've worked with some of the best... Uh, uh, companies out there in the world. Uh, you might have heard of Tim Grounds and, yep. and, and people like that. I mean, I, I pro staff for uh, a company for over seven years in the States. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to mention your name, but, uh, That's fine. You, know, uh, you know, I learned, I learned lots, you know, from uh, working with good people in the world and stuff and, uh, you know, that, that do this for a living. And, uh, you know, when, when the time came for me to kind of go my own way, I just decided I know what I want to do and, and I know what I'm looking for and, and this is what I'm, you know, this is how I'm going to try to make this call or make these calls that I'm, I'm making, right? And uh, like I said, I mean, a lot of trial and error went into it. Um, you know, I'm not one to say is, you know, uh, the, the all-original goose or duck call where you take a, a barrel from one company and put another piece from another company, you know what I mean? And yeah, it's like a Frankenstein. You know, like to me, that, that's that's not your call. And, and uh, you know, it's just not, my pride won't allow me to do that. I have to do this from scratch, and uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's been an uphill battle, but uh, I'm at the point where, like I said, we've got, we've got two good calls here, and they work really well, so a lot of work went into the development of the call, and uh, I, I just knew that I needed it to be something that would be easy for someone to use, 
are great calls. I mean, uh, uh, they're full acrylic, you know, so, I mean, they're, they're worth the money, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. duck calls, uh, you know, are, are great. Uh, the goose calls are great. Uh, they, you know, they, they come apart with ease. You can clean them. You can fully tune them uh, any way you're looking to tune them. So, I mean, you know, I, I again, I, I just think that uh, whoever decides to, to get into it, I, I really like to see that they... Uh, they give give us a call and uh, you know give give one of our calls a shot for sure. I yeah. think we'd be quite happy. For me, I guess part of my thinking behind all this is that in Canada we don't really have any big call companies out there. So no, me, we we don't. I kind of felt I felt like you know Canada kind of needs that. We have a lot of waterfowl, but I mean we have to always purchase from across the border, and that's that's getting expensive. I mean a lot of these high end calls. You know, you're looking at over $200 for some of these calls. Canada, you know, and, and uh, it would be uh, just as good quality, right, but for less money, right? Yeah, so no, absolutely. That, that was the overall goal, yeah. Um, so, like the, like you said, there is a lot of good calls out there, and i, I got to do a bit more of my research. Um, what kind of makes your calls a little different from some of the easily accessible um calls that you can just kind of walk into a store and purchase like how do you differ well again it, it just comes into i can't give all my secrets away all the way I make <laughs> you don't call, have to but, uh, a lot of it comes down to tuning but it's just the way i've developed the call um if, if you were to have one in your hands you'd be able to see right compared to the ones that you get in the store you can see some uh some pretty subtle changes there uh that that make it easier for for beginners and and, and make it really good, you know, for people that do have skill as well. I had an individual over here tonight that's been blowing calls forever, and, uh, you know, he was quite happy uh, with, with what he was uh, hearing, and, and uh, uh, he was quite happy the way the call performed tonight, the, uh, the goose call. Um, you know, uh, so a lot of it really comes down to the way I designed the, the guts inside the call, and my reads are not as wide or as uh, robust as some of those uh, other manufacturers are. Okay. So right. that, that, again, you know, makes a difference, too. Right. The way, the way I design that read and stuff, so. Okay. And um, uh, the tone boards and stuff, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're shaped a little deeper. They're shaped a little more narrow. Uh, they kind of restrict uh, the air, right? The way this whole call is built kind of restricts the air for you, so there's no need to use your hands right to mm. create back pressure or nothing right um, calls they, they do that for you they do all the work for it they take they take the guesswork out so okay well i'll have to uh i'll have to get ray to send me over this video that marcello is raving about um or this sound <laughs> clip so that i can give it a listen and see for myself okay <laughs> yeah he, he won't be disappointed. Um, you know, we kind of briefly talked about you used to do some competition stuff. Can we uh, kind of pick your brain about that? What was that like kind of competition calling? That's uh, that's actually very exciting thing to do. Um, takes a lot of work to, to build a routine. Um, and, and the routine, what I, what I mean by saying that is the way it works is the judges, right? you got five or six judges that sit behind a wall and they, they listen to the callers, but they're looking for... Uh, a sequence, right? And, and the way the sequence uh, starts out is in their mind, right? They're picturing a flock of geese really far away. So you, from that point there, you have to start doing real loud calling to get the attention of these birds, right? Okay. And so from there, what happens is if you do get the attention of them, right? Now it's switching to the birds. are now starting to come to you. So you go a little slower, 
throw a couple clucks in there, a couple moans, you know, and as they get close, you're getting more and more excited, right? Yeah. Now, you're trying to finish the birds at this point, and all of a sudden, maybe uh, a gun barrel or someone spooked them, uh, and then they want to take off. Right. So at that point there, you're doing the comeback sequence. You're trying to get the birds back to you. You get them to turn back around, right? And then you try to finish them again, and this is where you do your fastest, most exciting calling. Okay. And stuff. You try to, to try to, to finish those birds and bring them in real low. Once they lock on to you, you really want to lay them down now at this point. And that's where you put your feeding murmurs and, and the different feeding growls, spit notes, and, and little tricky things like that to really lock the birds and, and get the feet to drop. And at that point there, right, you're going to lay them right down with a couple soft moans. And that's the end of the routine. It takes about 90 seconds to do that. Yep. Um, it took me... The first year I competed against 15, I got sixth place, novice competition, and I was just nervous as hell. Right. And then uh, the second time, um, I got, I ended up taking uh, the novice goose uh, competition, um, and, and uh, so that that was pretty exciting. And once you once you win a novice goose uh, competition, you could no longer compete in a novice uh, level. Okay. You have to start going to open and uh, you know um, higher end uh, levels. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like where your most experienced callers and stuff are, right? So it's kind of like you know an athlete that you know reaches a certain level, they can't go backwards. They have to compete against people at their own level. So that's that's no. the way it works in the calling world too. Well, I think that makes so. it pretty fair, right? Like everyone that way, yeah. you're not going against these guys that are competing in novice all the time, but obviously they can win, right? I think I think that's fair. Um, how long did you uh, compete yeah. for? Um, I tried it for a couple of years, and then I, I ran a couple of competitions myself, okay. just locally here, um, and I raised money for Chio, uh, raised money for Wounded Warriors, um, and, and we had a lot of fun with it. You know, people walked away with some really good prizes, and, uh, and uh, you know, a whole new outlook on, you know, uh, waterfowl calling in, in general. Um, first time I ever heard someone, you know, calling geese and stuff on a stage, I thought it was ridiculous myself, but... <laughs> You know, when when you know when when you really start to see the science behind it and uh, understand that uh, they're they're doing all these things for a certain reason to you know to to win the judges over. You know, there's some people out there that are just just amazing. I mean, if you ever get the chance, I would say look up uh, you know Hunter Crowns from back in 2007. I think I've watched that video a hundred plus times. You know, where the guy won that competition in the world. Yeah, and you just wouldn't wouldn't believe, you know, uh, the way that guy can call. Just just seven world championships, and uh, I don't think anybody's even beaten that record right now. So, oh, that's awesome. You know, uh, so I mean, I've I've had the pleasure of working with Hunter and uh, and his father Tim uh, Browns. I mean, they make a great call, and uh, and and they're they're all about helping people out, uh, whether you blow their calls or not. Uh, they, they've they've been there for me and a lot of people. You know, thousands and thousands of people, I'm sure, over the years. Okay. Um, you know, so competition calling is, uh, it, it's an art, but uh, once you get it down, it, it's very competitive. I think that's like when we had done our first archery competitions in Ontario, right? Like like you said, sometimes you're, you're kind of nervous at your first one, and then you got to, there's a routine, right? You got to practice, and there's all this stuff, and eventually it does become a really, really fun and addicting. Well, exactly, and, and just to back my... Uh, my, my story up here a little bit uh, with uh, competition calling. Um, you go through three rounds, so you're right. The first round, you're all jitters. Some second second round comes along, and you've got it. You know, in the third, it's just a 
about not making any mistakes. Right. The thing is, if um, you get scored, uh, oh Jesus, I think it's up to a hundred points. And and the thing is, you stick one note, and they'll automatically lowball you. Right. Eh? Oh. Okay. I, I believe it's from nine. The first the first round, I think it was like sixty to seventy, it was the seventy to eighty. The second round, and then I think it goes to. I don't know, I think it's 90 to 100 or something is the mark you at, right? Okay. Uh, for each uh, round. Uh, so you have to go through the three rounds, but you're right. Uh, it is nerve-wracking, but yeah, you get the bugs out in the first uh, round, like you were saying, with uh, archery, and the next thing you know, you fall into that groove, and, and yeah. away you go. So. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, yeah. I'm okay at goose calling. I know that. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, I'm really good. I I like to think I'm modest in some things. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, for me personally and for obviously listeners, they're like I know I can I can cluck, I can moan, I can do the kind of the simple things, but even sometimes like the double clucks kinda of get me. Do you have any kind of tips for, you know, spit notes, train notes, even double clucks? Oh, uh spit notes is uh it's quite easy. I can actually demonstrate a bit of them here right now if you want. I've got a call. So what you're saying into the call for a spit note is taboo. 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 Yeah. Right? So it would sound something like this here. Right? Yeah. So it's tough poo. Tough And and that that could kind of be used as a comeback. Like right. Like competition calling. A lot of people are, when they're doing the comeback sequence, they might go. That's awesome. It, it, and that, that's where, you know, that, that uh, spit note comes in. Yeah. There's another variation of a spit note. There's a quick spit, too. <laughs> so all you're doing there is going to Where the, the spit note is to who, right? And it's all about taking that air from your diaphragm, hitting it up in your throat, right? Yeah. And then first that air into the call. Sounds awesome. The reason, the, re- yeah, thank you. the reason that you're getting a difference there in in the tone when I was trying to break it down is because when you're actually putting that burst of air in there, all right, to to do the spit note, your pressures are real high, right? Yeah. So that's that's where you get. So I mean, that's your spit note, and and then for the what was your other question? You wanted to know about what? Uh, some uh, double clucks. I know that's I can cluck and I can cluck two in a row, but when I try to you know, cut them together for the double, that's when I struggle. Okay, so there's two variations. I, I do mine like this here. Right? That's just, I'm going, uh, 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 uh. Okay. There's another way you can do it too. You say, Ica, Ica. 
your tongue's only hitting the roof of your mouth once. It's the center of your tongue, yeah. Yeah, the actual, always, the meat of it. taking the center of that tongue, you're going, Ica, 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 Ica. Okay. And that's what the center is. It's hit, yeah, Ica, Ica. So there's two parts to it, right? The Ica. So the cough is what gets it to, to break and give you that cluck. Okay. So the first the first uh, thing I did was, uh, was double clucking. Yep. Like I said, there's two variations. You got the Ica, and then you got the <clears throat> right? Okay, so all from the diaphragm. Different kind of double clucking, right? And yeah. here again, here's the difference. If I just go, and then if I do Ica, see, so there's yeah. two variations there. Oh, that sounds beautiful from here, and I... I know, but I'm just going to ask so everyone knows, that's the call that you've made, right? Yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, this is my Greater Goose call, yeah, of yeah. my Falcon series, yeah. That sounds awesome. F-O, that's F-O-W-L, as in waterfowl, yep. fowl tongue. Makes sense. Because a lot of the notes we use, or a lot of the notes that we do, we have to use our tongue, just like birds. And that's the reason I wanted to call these fowl tongue series calls. Okay. Right, right yeah. on. Um, kind of a play on words. But yeah, <laughs> we like that though. It's a little bit of a gets you thinking, right? Um, yep. You know, kind of ask you some personal stuff. Uh, I kind of want to know. I like to ask everyone who hunts on the show with us. You know, your dream hunt if you haven't already done it, and then beside that, your actual favorite hunt that you have done. Well, again, I mean, uh, oh Jesus. Ideally, dream would be like something you haven't hunted yet, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, then that would be uh, speckle belly geese. I mean, I'm looking to get them. Uh, actually, I'll be guiding in uh, Saskatchewan uh, October, November, and uh, I'll be I'll be definitely trying to get one of them for the wall. So speckled bellies are also known as tar bellies, and uh, you find them you find them out uh, out west a lot. Right. Black bars on their chest. Yeah, orange feet. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're so, cool. I mean, that that would be, I guess, my. My, my next dream hunt, uh, okay. so being out there and getting that, and then I guess my, my most favorite would probably be uh, my, my very first uh, snow goose hunt. Uh, uh, you know, it was memorable because for years they duped me and they duped me, you know, but they just kept fooling me and I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we, we had a good successful hunt between uh, me and two buddies, and um, and, and that was uh, very rewarding for us. So, I mean, uh, and then from there, it just uh, it, it transpired into more guiding and stuff for snows and uh, that's where I got to meet good people like uh, Ray and, and his crew and stuff and um, so uh, yeah speckle bellies that's, that's what's coming up another few months and I'll be I'll be after them for sure that's super exciting so why don't we uh, do you want to jump into a little bit of gear uh, like what what's your preference of shotgun uh, for me I'm a big advocate for Benelli uh, I, I I, I love Benelli firearms. Uh, that's all I run. I, I have two Super Benchies and uh, a Super Blind Eagle Two. Okay. Um, I, I like to take. Yeah, they're they're just great, reliable guns. Uh, they, they handle all those waterfowl loads uh, real nice. And then Pattern Master uh, to me puts out one of the, the coolest tubes uh, going, I believe. And again, not to add any discredit to other manufacturers out there. No, that's not what this is about. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Pattern Master Anaconda tube. 
that, that's a pretty unique design. Uh, they actually uh, utilize the gas uh, coming out of the muzzle to constrict the wad. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, man, like there's some wicked ranges that I'm getting with that. And uh, I put a lot of people onto those tubes, and, and they're loving, I'm talking 60, 70-yard consistent shots easily with this thing. So, But uh, to answer your question, uh, Benelli is, is, uh, is, is my choice shotgun to be out there with. And I'd have to say more specifically, the uh, Super Black Eagle 2 has been very reliable for me. Um, are you like, are you specific to any sort of shells? Uh, like, are you opening, are you kind of open to trying different shots or are you, are you pretty favor favorable oh, no. of one? You know, to answer your question there, I'd have to say I'm a bit of a stickler, I guess. In there that sense. Uh, I go with what works for me and, um, uh, I've, I've tried a lot of the other brands out there and the one thing I'm most happy with, uh, for consistency and, uh, patterning would be the federal uh, loads. And I'm not talking just the high-end stuff. Uh, they've got the blue box speed shot stuff out there. Yeah. That's that's uh, all I, I mainly use uh, throughout the season, a little little less expensive than the uh, than the black cloud stuff. But uh, when it comes to snows, I, I like using the snow goose uh, federal loads and some of their triple B uh, three-and-a-half-inch uh, black cloud loads are uh, phenomenal for snow geese because, okay. awesome. like like I was saying before, they're a little different to work with than uh, Canada's, and they tend to stay a little higher out, a little further out of uh, range, so to speak. So that's where having those uh, tubes and uh, that kind of animal for me is a, is, is a good match for me. Well, that makes sense. You know? See, I'm a, I'm a Versmax Remington kind of guy. And, Perfect. Yeah, those are beautiful firearms. Yeah, and then personally, like you know, this isn't meant to say anything discredit, um, but me personally, I like Kent's. Like, I love Kent ammunition. Um, it I've just, never tried them, but lots of people are saying good things about them. It so, it, I, it I pairs well. Trying it. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever tried it, but if you can, uh, I know you you said you like your brands, and but uh, if you're open to it, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Carlson Trokes. Yeah, I've seen Carlson. Yeah, those. Yeah, those ones paired well with my gun. I had a couple that I tried out. So, like, for me, and every gun's different, obviously, even in the same model, you know that. Um, yeah. But, you know, personally, I liked that. But uh, I, I would say if I uh, if I get a bigger raise, I'm not against having a Super Black Eagle or even the three. Yeah. And that, that's another thing. I actually have one of those last year. Oh, did um, you? And then a buddy of mine's like, oh, God, I want that. So we worked out a deal, and he bought it <laughs> off me, but... And, you know, I just keep going back to my SBE too because it just feels so good in the hands. Yeah. And I like to run a 26-inch barrel. I, I like that short throw. Right. Okay. So, why? Why? Uh. Yeah. Why is that? Because I, I have a 28 on mine, but why do you like the 26? I just find it gets me on target quicker. It's uh, not, you know, hanging up on things. Uh, uh, for me, like uh, some of the some of the places we hunt, like we hunt from a. Uh, an A-frame style blind, uh, not not one of the zinc ones or anything, but something that we put together ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having that extra two inches on that barrel just seems to, you know, I, I seem to bump in. It's, uh, I'm so used to running a 26, right? Yeah, makes but sense. But I just find that I can get it up to shoulder and on target quicker. That may sound silly to others, but that's just no, my make, personal preference. Well, it makes sense even for, you know, from what I've heard, I don't have the experience I, I know you do, but military guns are shorter because you can acquire your target faster. That's correct, yeah. So it, it, it makes sense what you're saying about the 26-inch barrel for a shotgun 
for goose hunting yeah, or duck hunting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, well, that's you know, awesome. I get other people saying, oh, it makes no difference, but I mean, it's just a preference thing for me. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, yeah. I, I like picking your brain right now, so what uh, what type of full-body decoys do you use? Well, uh, for years, I, I pro-staffed for Bigfoot decoys, so I was running them for years. Okay. Um, and then some better stuff come out in the market, and so now I'm running the Avian X ones. Hey, that's what I use. Uh, yeah, they're fantastic. I mean, I think, and, and, and again, I know I sound like a broken record, there's a lot of great decoys out there, but to me, for the most realistic, uh, for, for the best in realism and uh, uh, lack of shine, I, I guess you can say, on the decoys, Yeah. they are phenomenal. Now, to me, I, I, I believe they're the best thing going, and that's just me, though. Okay, are those the fully flocked ones, or are those just the head flock? Well, I have a couple dozen fully flocked. I mean, they're pricey when you have to go buy them off the shelf. Yeah. And then I've got, uh, I've got uh, I think, five or six dozen of the, the painted ones. Okay. But, I mean, uh, compared to... Other brands that I've used out there, nothing, nothing even compares to the realism and the paint schemes of these things. Okay, and so for people who don't know what flocked is, I describe kind of like f- fluffy almost. Is that, I don't know how to describe flocked. Like it's like fuzzy. Yeah, like if you go, uh, say you're out decoy shopping and stuff. Uh, when you when you touch the heads and a lot of even just the the painted decoys, their heads are soft. Yeah, they're like yeah. A, like a velvet. Right. They kind of infuse that onto the body. Um, of, of uh, the fully flocked decoys as well. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, it, it's kind of got a soft touch to the, to the feel, whereas painted is just painted, it just feels like plastic with paint, but, yeah. Right. And so, with the, the whole idea behind uh, this, this flocking is uh, to to uh, add realism, of course, and uh, reduce shine on sunny days, so you might be able to bag a few more birds, you know, using those fully flocked guys closer to you yep. on the bluebird days, that is. Okay. Whereas, you know, uh, pretty much all painted decoys out there, you know, they're, they're, they do tend to throw a little bit of shine, especially if there's some moisture on them. So right. having that flocking on there absorbs that and it takes that shine away. So it nope. just kind of helps your chances out. Yeah. Well, I think that's really educational for people to know. And obviously, you being a guide, you know a lot more than I do. And it's nice to kind of hear that reassurance of what I've kind of been told as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Shine can kill you, man. Like that's that's a big problem out there. Um, you want to minimize it. I've I've thrown mud, you know, uh, the, on the bodies of the decoys sometimes because they were just so shiny in those bluebird days, and uh, it made all the difference. And that that goes for your layout blinds too. You buy a lot of these layout blinds, and uh, even even the A-frame blinds. I mean, you got to do something to dull that um, right. material down because uh, they they pick up in that. Yeah. Uh, that, that ultraviolet uh, reflection and everything, uh, that's, that's something that waterfowl, you know, can, can pick out at a very far distance. So, yeah. well, you know, mudding, mudding your blinds, uh, that's, that's a, a big five-gallon pail full of mud and throw it all over all that stuff. And uh, that will help you out a lot. It really dulls it down. So Yeah, that's, uh, that's what our group does. We start when we first get our blinds and even before... You know, after a while, the mud fades, but we always start with mudding it before we add either the corn stubble or if we're in a grass or hay field, kind of adding that. Um, Absolutely. Obviously, it depends where you are, right? But, yeah, we always start with the mudding, too, because of the shine. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you got to do it. I mean, they look great out of the box, but they'll, they'll hurt you out there if you're not careful. Yep. So. We talked about some high-end decoys like the Avian Xs. Do you have any, like, favorite entry-level decoys that some guys maybe just getting into waterfowl, geese, or ducks should look at? 
Well, I mean, I guess for me, I'm, I'm a big stickler again when it comes to, to realism and quality and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I can understand just getting into it. I mean, there's nothing wrong. You know what? I started out with uh, plywood cutouts of geese. And I used to run two or three dozen of that, you know, and, and if you're just looking to see if water fountains for you, I would say you do something like that. Or you can you can buy uh, uh, inexpensive, um, you know, I think they're carry light shells or something. You know, there's uh, the Stormfront series. Uh, they're inexpensive. You know, it might be good just to cut your teeth on things. Yep. But uh, to be honest, I... I I truly, truly believe in uh, trying to look as real as possible out there. And, uh, but I mean, again, I mean, we all got to start somewhere. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess to answer your question, yeah, you could, you could uh, head to your local Canadian Tire and uh, see what they got. And, and, you know, I've even went uh, to garden sections of Walmart years ago. I used to have long ornaments uh, and, and goose decoys. And, heck, those work really good. But, <laughs> again, I, I brought about two or three dozen of those. I bought everything had off the shelf before full body decoy even came out and uh they work pretty good but again you're going to be dealing with shine and, and things like that right when you when you buy the less uh, expensive uh type thing out there so i hope that answers your question no no, no i i think that's a good thing to say right like you don't want to cheap on quality off the bat and i think that's a good thing to stand behind for guys that are getting into it well that's Yeah, the flat ones. up pretty soon but have you ever used uh silosox yes uh, actually i have uh, 
we run a thousand decoys uh, for a snow goose spread. Um, okay. I would say about three hundred. Yeah, three hundred of those decoys uh, are are like silo socks. Uh, yeah. There's other brands of socks out there and stuff that we also use. Right. But they they make a pretty good uh, they make a pretty good decoy. And as a matter of fact, I believe they they do make silo sock goose decoys. I'm pretty sure I see yeah. those at the fellows one time too. Yeah, they I mean, do. I think they'd be great as an attractant out in the end, but I would, don't think I'd want to be running socks too close to where you are. Right, okay. As a hunter. Kind of just a filler. Just give an unnatural movement, right, and, and different types of wind and stuff, so. Okay. You know, but I mean, one of the tricks with that would be to, uh, if it is a high wind, I'd like to take those socks and shove that stake right into the ground as far as it will go, so that the, uh, it doesn't have a tendency to flip back and forth on you or puff up and down and it just kind of keeps it static and uh, looks more like a full body okay. at that point. So, yeah. But they, they do make a pretty decent decoy. Well, I know I've learned a heck of a lot of stuff uh, tonight. I, I'm going to be sitting on the computer a while now doing a lot of research on a lot of different things. Um, is there a way that we could get our listeners in contact with you, uh, like a social media, Facebook, anything like that? Yeah, I think uh, the best way to get a hold of me would be through my personal page under Claude Chance on Facebook. Okay. Or you can reach me through uh, my my fan page uh, under Lachance Fields to Stream on Facebook. And uh, either of those two methods, I, I think, would be uh, the ideal way to get a hold of me. I've got a lot of people starting to message me as it is now, wanting duck and goose calls. So I've got my work cut out for me, that's for sure. Absolutely. Before season starts. Well, no rush on mine, but I'm excited to buy one from you. <laughs> no, and I appreciate that, guys. We'll get it off to you. Well, no, take your time, honestly. We're not like that, and I don't want you to think we are. Like, if it gets here after the season, I'm not upset at all. I'll have it ready for next season. Not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know <laughs> well, how it's handcrafted stuff, well, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, uh, Claude. Um we look forward to getting a lot of our listeners in contact with you and uh season is approaching shortly so very shortly um this is perfect this is right up our era right now and for a lot of people as well so again thank you um hopefully you can tune into a few of our other casts and we got lots of stuff coming up hunting season in all aspects is approaching us very very soon fantastic boys it's been a pleasure thank you yeah no thank you for everything yeah, thanks, Claude. Well, Claude absolutely killed that. Yeah, he was a very knowledgeable person. I learned so much. I don't think I've ever seen you so excited well, for a cast. Like, it, it was sweet. It was it was so up your alley, like, so relevant. The fact that, like, the experiences he's had, like, yeah. the tournament calling. Yeah. Totally cool. Did you hear him call? Oh, it was amazing. Like, I don't know if... I know it'll transfer pretty good to the podcast, but yeah. that sounded so good. Oh, it was mint. That was amazing. I, I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be looking into his stuff for sure. Yeah, he's a bang-up guy, and I, honestly, I do want to thank him again for his service for our country. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So No, he's really done it right. He's uh, yeah. He's done his time, and he's truly living his dream now, so good on him. Yep. Um, so a little announcement from OOP. Uh, shirts and uh, some gear are in, so next week we will be making shipments. So guys don't and gals don't forget to get your orders in. Um, Just, we'll get those out as soon as possible. Bear with us on yeah. the shipping. Um, depending where you are, of course, Ontario is going to make things a lot easier. But there is uh, quite a few listeners from outside of Canada as well. Um, we thank you guys a lot. 
So that'll be out. Um, we'll give you some details also via Instagram on how you can send and pay for those. Yep. Um, and be sure to tune into the next, especially the next episode, because we're going to have something very cool for everyone. And you're definitely going to want to get in, get into that, but you got to listen to it to, to know what we're talking to, about, to reap the benefits. Yeah. So, uh, thanks again, Claude, um, Marcel. It was great. It was great to be home and do a podcast. Um, we're going to have another recording for you guys. I'm headed out to Alberta again next week. So Marcello is going to keep everyone entertained. Yeah. As he did well with uh, Ray, uh, the kickaboo. That, that was awesome too. Um, yeah. Obviously, we, we've chatted with Ray quite a bit. So yeah. Well, let's hearing hearing that stuff. Hearing his background was uh, was cool to listen. To. Yeah. And as a reminder, everyone, there's the promo code for kickaboo, yep. which is K I K A O O P, and that's going to get you your discount on all their products. And you know, tonight we had the best meal. I think Cameron's ever cooked. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, um, venison roast, um, some smoked peppers, uh, yeah. fried veggies. Well, the red wine potatoes, au jus. Red wine au jus on the sauce. Yeah. And that was made with Kickapoo products, that roast. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. It, so it well done. Great. It, it, was, it was awesome to be back home in uh, in my paradise down here in the uh, podcast room. Also known as your basement. Uh, also known as the basement. <laughs> All, All right. right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week.